don't like him. I don't want nothing to do with him. I feel like I'm going to vomit every time I read his name it's on so there. True. It's so I just gross. think he is disgusting. to Winterfell and I Can't Get Up, the podcast that asks mom what she thinks about Game of Thrones. This is season one, episode number two. I'm Candace Huber, the owner of Tubby and Coo's Mid-City Bookshop in New Orleans, and I've asked my mom, Gail, who has absolutely no knowledge of Game of Thrones, to read the series and record her reactions for all of you. Read along, listen along, and follow my mom's journey through A Song of Ice and Fire, chapter by chapter, as she discovers for the first time just how brutal it can be. When you read Game of Thrones with your mom, you win or you die laughing. In this episode, we cover Daenerys 1, so the first Daenerys chapter, Eddard or Ned 1, the first Ned chapter, and John 1, the first Jon Snow chapter, in A Game of Thrones. And now, Mom's Watch begins. As I mentioned, we're going to cover Daenerys, Ned, and John. So, Mom, did you have any, like, overall impressions of these three chapters? The first thing is about all of the names. It's very difficult for me to pronounce these names. <laughs> well, they so are oddly good. spelled, so it's yeah. weird when you're reading it. Yeah, and then there's so many different groups of people. There's the others, and then there's the, I don't know, Dothraki, Dothraki, <laughs> Whoever those guys are, those big mean dudes is what they seem to be. And then um, and then I, I wrote down the Alarians, but then I even have like, is, is that even one of the groups of people? Like, I think that's one of the groups of people. I think that's what they call Ned's bunch of folks. I'm not sure. But anyway, so it's all kind of getting mixed up. But the other thing that I've noticed is that they're starting to set up good versus evil already. Like, mm. he's already kind of showing you who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. Or at least who you think the good guys are and the bad guys are. So I'm I'm kind of getting a little of that feeling now. So who well. do you think so, are the good guys and the bad guys? Well, you know, of course I think Ned's a good guy. I think his bunch is a good, you know, bunch of good folks. And then, well, do we want to talk about Viserys yet? Because I know he's, I don't like him. Okay, okay we'll, so. we'll talk about it when we anyway, get to it. Yeah, so yeah. I know he's a bad guy, right? Okay. Like, and I feel like what he's getting ready to do is really start some stuff. And I don't know about Robert and them yet. You think they're all good because Ned's all about them? But, mm, I don't know, something tells me we're not so sure about them yet. So Got it. <laughs> so, let's start with the first Daenerys chapter. In this chapter, Daenerys is getting ready to be sold off to Khal Drogo, who is leader of the Dothraki, there you go, <laughs> uh, so that her brother Viserys can gain an army to take back Westeros. So a quick quote, I, I just want to read a quick quote from this chapter that really sets the tone for what we're going to talk about here. Quote, Danny knew better than to question her brother when he wove his webs of dream. <laughs> you should see my mom's face right now. His anger was a terrible thing when roused. Viserys called it, quote, waking the dragon. <laughs> And mom did the air quotes with that. She like read it with me and then she took her finger and like bleh, bleh, to her throat because like, ew, 
He is so gross. That was so like waking the dragon, and it's so sexual. Oh, and it just, it's Lord, just you so, have no idea. It's mm-hmm. So gross. He is disgusting. So that sets the tone for like this whole <laughs> chapter, and we get a really nice history lesson though in this chapter as well. So we learn that the Targaryens, which I'm sure you didn't know how to pronounce mm-hmm. that either. How are you saying it? Targaryens or something? I forgot. I don't remember. Yeah, what Targaryen? <laughs> Mom also thought that since it was viscerous, it was. Daenerys, so she was saying Daenerys and Viserys. So anyway, we learned that the Targaryens, at least Danny's mom and Viserys, fled to Dragonstone after their dad, Mad King Aerys, was killed by the Kingslayer, and the Starks and the Lannisters sacked King's Landing. So we know that the Starks and the Lannisters sacked it and killed the Mad King and someone called the Kingslayer, we don't really know who that is yet killed the king and they sacked King's Landing. During that whole thing, Daenerys's other brother, Rhaegar, battled Robert and lost and died for the woman he loved, but we don't know who that was. And also, Princess Elia of Dorne pleaded for mercy as her baby and Rhaegar's heir was ripped out of her hands and murdered in front of her, an infant baby. Also, we learned that all the dragons are dead. There's like dragon skulls everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so dragons are now extinct. So Danny wasn't alive for any of this, but she's heard the stories a million times from her brother. So she was actually born nine months later. So they say moons and that's months. So she was born nine months later on Dragonstone in the middle of a raging storm. And her mother died during childbirth. So when Robert Baratheon's army then marched on Dragonstone to try and, of course, finish the job and kill the rest of them, the Targaryen's own garrison was going to sell the two children to Robert because they were orphans at that point. But someone named Sir Willem Derry broke into the nursery and helped the kids escape to Bravos, which is on a different side of the world. And so after Willem Derry died, the servants stole all their money and put them out, and Danny and Viserys just wandered for years while their fortune just dwindled down until Magister Illyrio took them in in Pentos, which is where they are now. Or Pentos is, I think, how they say it. Viserys wants revenge and the throne and the kingdom back. So cut to present day, where Viserys is now selling Daenerys off to the Dothraki so that he can gain an army so that he can go back and get the throne back, is what we assume. So they make their way to Khal Drogo's mansion and this huge party that frankly sounded really boring as shit to me. I was like, oh my god, this is just a bunch of rich people, like, milling around. And we get to meet Sir Jorah Mormont, who is there, and we learn that even though he's a knight, Robert Baratheon wanted his head because Jorah sold some folks into slavery instead of sending them to the Night's Watch, and slavery is against the law. Which, frankly, I'm on Robert's side in that. Like, Mm -hmm. you selling people off into slavery like no you should get your head cut off so he fled and and now he's there in pentos with them hiding out danny seems to be intrigued by jorah but it's kind of like a fleeting thing like we see jorah and then danny's like oh i'm intrigued by this man who is this Mm -hmm. and then kyle drogo enters the scene and he is like very large and very hot but like really frightening and he has this long braid because the dothraki cut their hair whenever they lose a fight and his hair hair is like so long because he's never lost a fight so they mentioned that as well danny is only 13 13 which i was like oh my god she's 13 they are selling her off 
And she doesn't really want to marry this old dude who is younger than she thinks, but still like way older than her. But Viserys is like, suck it up, buttercup, unless you want to, again, quote, wake the dragon. It's so gross. <laughs> and so then we leave Danny just as she's about to meet Khal Drogo. So we don't actually see their meeting yet in this chapter. It's just like, no, bitch, you gonna do this. And so suck it up. And then she's kind of standing there waiting to meet Khal Drogo. And that's how the chapter ends. So in short, the Targaryens have been through some shit, they've had a rough life, and Viserys is an asshole. But the death toll in this chapter is zero. No one no one dies mm-hmm. in this chapter, so at least there's that. So mom, let's talk about waking the dragon. <laughs> what did you think about Oh, this he's whole- so disgusting. <laughs> like, is. I cannot stand him. Like, at first, I thought, oh, isn't he nice? You know, he's bringing this dress or whatever. Like, he was like, oh, look, I have this dress for you. And, you know, how cute and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, oh, that's sweet. You know, her brother's bringing her something. And then he walks up to her and he, like, pinches the nipple of her breast. Yeah. And says, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And I'm like, oh, he is disgusting. Like, that (laughs) was it for me. Like, I was like, no, he is just trying to control this poor little girl. And, I mean, I get about waking the dragon, you know, like, what that insinuates, let's say. But... We haven't seen the dragon awoken yet, let's just say. So I don't, I don't know what the full on waking the dragon means yet. So anyway, I don't like him. I don't want nothing to do with him. I feel like I'm going to vomit every time I read his name it's on so there. True. It's so I just gross. think he is disgusting. And I'm thinking, what kind of a brother sells his sister, his little sister, who he is supposed to be protecting, what kind of a brother sells his little sister to some man who seems like a freaking Andre the Giant, mm-hmm. you know, like that's who I get. He's this big, gigantic badass of a guy, right? You yeah. know, that ponytail says it all, right? I wouldn't want to mess with him. I understand why she's afraid of him. So it's like, oh no. And for the record, I thought at first when I read it, I thought his name was called Drago. <laughs> and then I realized, oh no, it's not like Drago's restaurant. It is Call Drogo. Yes. So I was like, okay, I think I got that one right. And you can see by his ponytail that he has the skills. You can understand why she's afraid. Oh, and then let's add this. They don't speak the same language. That's true. So, like, really, you want me to marry this dude? Like, I don't know the language. I don't know what he's saying or what he's not saying. And she hasn't met him yet, but she's just heard all of this about him, right? Yeah. So she's very, very afraid. And then there's this. Valerio yeah. fella, who is a complete buffoon. Like, I feel like he is like, I don't know, the way they describe him all the time, he's like this little short, fat, like red-faced little man that's always just trying to please Viserys, right? He's all, he's trying to get on Viserys's good side because he thinks that Viserys is going to get the throne back. And so he wants to be on Viserys's good side. So when he does, then Viserys will remember him. Well, yeah. has he met Viserys? <laughs> you know, like really, do you really think Viserys is going to remember you, dude? He's stepping on you. He's going to get what he wants and then that's it. But that dude, that Illyrio dude, is rich or something. He's got lots of, he's like a merchant, and he's got things that he can give them. And so, obviously, Viserys is taking advantage of him. And then they keep talking about the Colossar. And every time they talk about the Colossar, it's in italics. Like, why? Why is that an italicized word all the time? So, I'm like, I don't even know if that means something, if it doesn't mean anything. And I understand, I think the Colossar is like his army, right? Yeah. Paul Drogo's that's, that's what it army is, is yeah. the Colossar. Yep. And so, it's like, 
Okay. So, great, so but it's in italics because it's a different language. A lot of the times, and I hate this, this is dumb, but in books, when a word is printed in a different language, they italicize it. So because... You're kidding. And so how am I supposed to know that's a different language? <laughs> well... That's what I want to Like, to me, it's all the same language. Because, I'm reading it all in English. Right, Thank you. Because it's in italics, <laughs> I guess. That's why they put it in there, so that you can recognize that the Kalasar is not an English word. It's a Dothraki word. And that's what they call their army. Correct. Like, we call it an army. We, they, they call, call it, it a Kalasar. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. Well. <laughs> You're welcome. So I, one of my reactions is, like, we got a lot of history in this chapter, but Danny's only 13. Viscer I'm with you. He's so gross. Like, I just, everything he does, it's like you said, you want to vomit every time you see his name on the page. It's like, ugh. And so I feel nasty. like he's not even a good looking boy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like he's got greasy hair and maybe pimples or, you know, like something. Yeah. Like, I just don't feel like he's a good looking guy. Yeah. You know, I feel like he's greasy and he's nasty. Like, I don't like him. Like, yeah. I bet you he smells. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how I see him. Like, yeah. Ew. You know, like. Get him away from me. Like, go. So, what do you think about the Targaryens? Like, do you think the kids got a bad deal in this whole thing after hearing that history? Or, like... Well, I don't... You know, they keep calling the daddy Mad King whatever. So, he must have been completely out of his mind, right? Mm -hmm. He must have been crazy. And did things that shouldn't have been done or whatever. And then whoever kills him, like we said, we don't know at this point. They just call him the Kingslayer. Whoever killed him... But we we know it's the Starks and the Lannisters. Yeah, we know it's Mm -hmm. them. But it's kind of like they kill him, I guess, because they feel like he's crazy, you know, and he can't rule anymore. And so somebody's got to do it, right? He's doing, like, crazy stuff. So I understand in some ways why they killed him and whatever. I feel like it was good that the kids got saved, but... You know, they, they kind of did get shafted the bad end of the deal because of the servants and all stole everything from them. You know, they kind of were on their own. But I do feel like the Lannisters and the Starks got the kingdom fair and square. I mean, that's how those things worked in those days, right? Yes. So I get that. And I don't know, like I keep wondering if Viserys is really going to come back. Because the other thing that I think about Viserys is that he's a coward. Mm-hmm. Like I get that he's a coward. He wants called Drogo to do his dirty work for him, right? And so he's a coward. And he has power over his little sister. Whenever they described her, for some reason, I thought of the little empress or the princess or whatever from the never-ending story like that's kind of how i pictured her yeah i don't know why i keep doing never-ending story references but anyway (laughs) um that's kind of how i pictured her as a little girl like that and so i feel like they're just sort of polar opposites i want to say danaris and i know that's not right (laughs) daenerys i'm just you can just call her danny that's fine danny and viscerous i feel like are polar opposites and i feel like he has control over her but she's probably the only one that's afraid of him and they also mentioned somewhere in here about the so the Starks and the Lannisters took King's Landing fair and square like you said but it wasn't really the kids fault and and Viserys was like a little kid when that happened so now this is like years later and he feels like it's our kingdom so I'm gonna go take it back so we'll see what happens with all of that but yeah I agree with you I think he wants Khal Drogo to do his dirty work he doesn't want to actually do anything but he just he wants to sit on the throne so we shall see what happens so let's talk about the first Ned chapter. 
So in the first Ned chapter, Robert et al., because it's like a whole bunch of people, uh, arrive at Winterfell, and we get yet another history lesson, which we're getting one in almost every chapter now, but we get a short history lesson about Balon Greyjoy's rebellion, and we learn that nine years ago, Balon got cocky and rebelled against Robert, and Ned helped Robert fight Balon off, and then Ned and Robert won that fight, and Ned took Balon's son Theon as warden hostage to ensure Balon behaved from now on, which I think is kind of dark because we can assume that that means that Ned like will kill Theon if Balon misbehaves or like that's why he has him. He's more of a hostage or whatever. We get that bit of backstory as to why Theon is with Ned. And then Robert and everyone comes to Winterfell. They arrive and Ned just immediately noticed that Robert has gained some weight and he's like gotten fat. And he says, quote, Robert has gained at least eight stone, which I don't really know what that means, but I assume it means like, dude, you have gotten so fat. What have you done with yourself? And so Robert immediately asks to head to the crypt to pay his respects and Cersei gets really pissed about that she's like no shouldn't we like go get whatever first and Robert is like no he doesn't care at one point he even says the others take my wife I don't care which I thought that's a funny saying the others take her but Robert and Ned then they head down to the crypts they shoot the ship for a couple minutes and then we get yet another history lesson so we learn that the first lords of Winterfell swore allegiance to no one and instead they postured themselves as kings of the north Brandon who was Ned's brother was only 20 when he was strangled by order of Mad King Aerys Targaryen only a couple days before he was supposed to marry Catelyn. And so we assume then that Catelyn just got stuck with Ned because they had to preserve the alliance between the families, but she was supposed to marry Brandon, but he was strangled a couple days before that was supposed to happen. We also learn that Ned's sister, Lyanna, was only 16 when she died and apparently both Ned and Robert really loved her, like, more than life itself. She was very dear to both of them. We learned that Ned was with his sister when she died, that she had like a fever, and Ned promised her something, but we don't really know what he promised her. She, he just remembers her saying, promise me, and when he promised her, then she was able to let go. And we also learned that a man named Howlin' Reed was there when Lyanna died, but that's like a passing mention. Like, oh, this guy, the Cranog man is what they call him. Howlin' Reed was there as well. So Robert then, after we learn all of this, claims that he killed Rhaegar Targaryen for what he did to Lyanna, but we don't really know what that is. It's just like Robert says, like, I wish I could I'd kill him every night in my dreams. I wish I could kill him more than once. Mm-hmm. That bastard. So apparently Rhaegar did something horrible to Lyanna, but we don't know what it was, and that's why Robert wanted to kill them. We also learn that John Aaron was apparently super healthy a couple weeks before he died, so whatever sickness it was that, quote, took him very quickly, you know, it came on really fast. Like, the whole thing happened really fast because he was like at tournaments and stuff just a couple of weeks before that. Robert also wanted to foster John Aaron's kid with Tywin Lannister, Tywin Lannister at Casterly Rock, but Lysa who is the the mom wouldn't have it and so instead she just brought him back to the Erie which is where uh, they live and Ned offers to foster him and then Robert is like no be offensive to Tywin or whatever so they don't they don't do that but then Robert asks Ned to come and be his new hand of the king basically because he wants Ned to do all the work so that he can go off and drink and do it with whoever he wants and like whatever and not have to worry about anything so Robert after he's like come be my hand he then says he wants 11 
11-year-old Sansa to marry his son Joffrey to join the two houses of Baratheon and Stark. And Ned is like, what the hell? Sansa's 11. What are you doing? And Robert says, well, I mean, we can betroth them now and they can just get married in a couple years. And Ned is like, "Mm, let me think about all this. I don't know. All this is weird. And then the chapter ends where it's like Ned is filled with a sense of foreboding. He's like, you know, oh, I don't know. Something's bad about all this. I don't like it. And also winter is coming. Again, so the death toll is zero. Again, in this chapter, no one dies, but we do get a lot of information and also apparently winter is still coming. Mom, (laughs) are you confused about all this history yet? Like, what do you think about all this, about Robert being fat now? Well, and that cracked me up. That was like the first thing that I thought was like, it, I was totally cracking up how Ned described Robert, right? Because <laughs> yeah. he was expecting, you know, Robert, this fit warrior guy to come, you know, and somebody that's kept himself up, right? And what he sees is like this old fat guy, right? You know? <laughs> and that he just can't get over how the king has let himself go. And although they feel like they're brothers, you know, he still has to address him as a king, right? And so, and Robert hates that. That's the other thing that comes up. He's always saying, you know, I forget what he calls him, but he's always calling him something, you know, like your majesty, but it's not that. But anyway, so your grace, your grace. Thank you. And so, and you know, Robert doesn't like that, but then I don't know if I like Robert. I'm going to be honest because what kind of a brother, best friend, the guy that was supposed to marry my sister, right? Or whatever. How does that person say, it's almost like he's trying to make him feel like, oh, this is a compliment. I want you to be my hand. But basically he just wants Ned to be his bitch, right? You know, like, (laughs) I mean, seriously. And I'm like, really, this is your best friend. So instead of saying, hey, I want you to come and hang out and we have fun and, you know, whatever. No, I want you to be my hand. I want you to do all of my nasty, dirty work for me. I want you to figure everything out so that I can go screwing whoever I want to screw with. I can go eat and drink and basically be Bacchus, right? Mm -hmm. While you're back. Running the kingdom. Yeah. You know, and it is very apparent that Robert doesn't like Cersei, however you say her name. Yeah, Cersei, yeah. His his wife. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it's like, "Mm, you know what, I don't really like her. I mean, I married her, but, mm, you know, but the person that he really loves is Robert's sister that's dead, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, not Robert, uh, Ned's sister Ned's sister, yeah, Lyanna. So, yeah, Lyanna, that's her name. And I thought the other girl, Ned's wife. (laughs) Catelyn. Catelyn. Her sister is, I thought her name was Lisa. Lysa is and how they Lysa. say it. Yeah. But she's the one that was married to John who was, who got, died or whatever. Right. He was the hand you know, who, who yeah, died. Who yeah. died. Okay. So anyway, and they have a kid, right? Yeah. So, and they, that was the other big thing. Ned wanted to take that child in. Yeah. And Robert's like, oh no, no. But he doesn't really explain to him why yet. Right. So he's just, he just, well, he says no. it would be offensive would, to Tywin. Oh, and, that's right. That and then Ned is like, the eh, like who cares? Yeah. And then he's like, well, you don't have to sleep with a Lannister. That's what no, he says. Yeah, is that it's right. like, oh, you would care if you had to sleep right. with a Lannister. Right. So he doesn't want to offend them. So, and I'm just not sure about the whole joining of the houses. I think Robert has an ulterior motive about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, I don't think he's paying Ned a compliment by saying, oh, let's join our houses together. I think he knows he's going to need Ned. Mm-hmm. You know, so, hey, let's join our houses together. I don't know. I don't get a warm, fuzzy feeling about him. I feel like it's there's ulterior motives. There's something underlying about him. I don't mm-hmm. trust him. Yeah. So now I understand why Catelyn, Catelyn. wasn't real thrilled 
thrilled about Robert coming. You know, I yeah. get it. I I absolutely get it. Why she was apprehensive of the visit, and I get that she doesn't really want Ned to be around Robert. You know, I yeah. guess it's different. Anyway, and then of course it ends with. And winter, winter is coming. coming. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Again with the, and winter is coming. Like, let's go. Okay, so can it be winter already? Let's go. Let's get this over with. Because I'm tired of hearing, oh, and winter is coming. Well, you know? you're already tired of it. You better get used to it because you're going to hear it a lot more. A lot. All right. Well, <laughs> so the there course. we go. So it's the stark words. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. And that's a little worrier. He is a worrier. You know, he's a little, he worries about everything. He wants everything to be right. And I think that's part of his problem is that he's a really good guy in a really ugly place. Yeah. Like, I feel like everybody's out for themselves and poor little Ned is trying to make sure everybody's happy. And I liked his his reaction when Robert was like, oh, I want Sansa to marry Joffrey. And Ned was like, uh, she's 11. Like, what? And like, what is up with everyone trying to marry off little girls? Like, Danny's their Thirteen, Sansa's eleven. Like, what is going on? It's like let's just marry off all these little girls to everybody, and it's like gross. Like, yeah. what are you doing? So that was what I have. So let's move on to John. We also have a John chapter, and this one was pretty short. I don't think there's like a ton to talk about with this one, but John, we learn that he's only fourteen, and so like again, the ages of these people, and he is sitting at the back of the hall during this welcome party for the royals. There's like this big party going on at Winterfell, and John says like it's not often that he's like glad he's a bastard but this is he feels like this is one of those times that he doesn't have to be like in the middle of all the stuff so he is just like sitting in the back getting drunk for the first time apparently just like sitting in the back with the people you know hanging out he's got his dog there no one else can have their dire wolves but he can have his because he's sitting in the back we get to meet ghost for the first time as a little pup and he's like scaring off full-grown wolves john kind of throws him some food and then another full-grown dog comes and is like oh i want that food and Ghost just kind of like looks at her and then she's like, oh man, never mind. I'm not gonna mess with you, even mm-hmm. though Ghost is a puppy. So we get to meet him. And then Uncle Benjamin Stark, who is Ned's brother, who has also come to Winterfell and this whole thing, walks over to John and they start talking. John tells Ben that he wants to go to the wall and be in the Night's Watch. And Ben is like, haha, lol, no. You're too young. You don't understand what you're giving up. You haven't had sex yet and we give that up. Mm-hmm. And like, until you know what you're giving up, like, no, you're not coming and John is really impetuous he's like such a teenager in this situation because he's like no I want to go to the wall I don't care about any of that like let me go and Benjen is just like no dude like you're too young man like just calm down and then he's like until you father a couple bastards yourself you know like you're not coming and then he's like no I will never father a bastard never and then he like runs out I'm like whoa John you being a little dramatic so he storms out crying and and then Tyrion Lannister is waiting outside. Well, he's just kind of hanging out. John runs outside. And so Tyrion sees John. Tyrion's interested in the dire wolf. And he's like, oh, is that a dire wolf? Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? And then they sort of talk. But and Tyrion has some sage advice here for John. He says, never forget what you are, for surely the world will not. Make it your strength, then it can never be your weakness. Armor yourself in it, and it will never be used to hurt you. And he also says, remember this, all dwarfs may be bastards, yet not all bastards 
wizards need be dwarfs. And then I remember why I love Tyrion so much. I was like, oh my god, this is great. And so it's very short. It's basically like John asking to be in the Night's Watch, Benjamin saying no, John getting mad, no, never, and then he meets Tyrion. And so again, no one dies in this chapter, but we do learn a little bit more about John. It's the first chapter from his point of view. So, Mom, what did you think about this whole thing about John and Tyrion and all? Well, the f- my first thought is, man, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this book. <laughs> You know, like, there's lots of <laughs> foreshadowing in here. You know, that's the first thing. And I really like John. I really do. I think yeah. he's a good kid. I like him, but I feel bad for him because he'll never be good enough in anybody's eyes. You know, it's like, oh, he's the bastard kid. He's just the bastard. And I hate that, you know, because I'm hoping he will, like Tyrion told him, internalize that and then make himself stronger and then really become badass, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, that's what I'm hoping for him that it'll drive him to be a better person right or to show everybody not to be a better person because he's already a good guy but drive him to like show everybody I'm badass I can do what I want you know so I'm really hoping that's what happens with him and then I like Tyrion too like I think he's a pretty good guy he seems kind of cool you know and I have to say that my first thought about him was it's bravissimo fishimo <laughs> okay, so let's explain Bravissimo Fishimo just really quickly for our listeners because, like, no one is going to know who this is except for people who know me really well. So, Bravissimo Fishimo was my imaginary friend growing up who was a dwarf and. <laughs> He, uh, he like sang and danced and, and did a lot of things, but uh, that was my imaginary dwarf friend growing up from when I was a kid. So it's funny that you say that because that's how I pictured him too. But I was like, oh, it's my imaginary friend, Bravissimo Fishimo. And Candace absolutely loved Bravissimo, let me just say. And so, I mean, he was my best friend, duh. <laughs> and like a little protector person, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So I just feel like that's how this guy is. He's protective, he's given John some really good advice, he's smart, and even though he's small in stature i feel like he is a big guy in his heart and in his his personality as in his character let's say Mm -hmm. and so you know and who knows maybe he's the one that's going to be king you know he's small but yet maybe he'll be the big king one day you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so that's and as a side note it's like but how wrong is it that they describe Cersei? i think we've we met his siblings right Tyrion. we did yes Uh you know we we met Tyrion's siblings i think briefly yeah briefly jamie and And Cersei. Cersei. Uh and they describe them as being beautiful and gorgeous with the blonde hair the woman you know and all the eyes and and like when jamie john is watching the the procession and that's when we see them and oh, like yeah, yeah. Jamie passes by well like Robert passes by and he's like this is not who my dad like described as king like I was right. expecting like a big muscular yeah. blah 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 yeah. and then Jamie walks by and he's like this is what a king should king, look like right. he's really good looking right. then he yeah, sees Joffrey hair. and he doesn't yeah. like Joffrey he's like mm, I feel like he's like <laughs> shooting him the bird you know <laughs> oh, it's, it's like, true Mm-mm, I don't like you Mm-mm. you know <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. you know so yeah so all of that happens and so I'm just like, side note, like how wrong is it that poor little Tyrion's like this little dwarf, like little impish looking man and his siblings are like these beautiful, gorgeous, you know. I think the one thing though that, that I did notice in this chapter too, that one of the first things that you realize about Tyrion is he's unnoticeable. 
I guess is the best word to say. Yes. So he gets into spots and he sees things. He's sitting up on a gargoyle or something. Yeah, When he, he sees Jon Snow come out. Yeah. You know, and so he gets into places where he sees things that people don't realize he's aware of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's significant. Yeah. I think so. I think so too. <laughs> You know, so, and he's smart. I mean, you, you know that he's smart. So I like him. I think that's good. I can't, I can't wait to see more of him, you know, because I think it's going to be good to see what goes on with him. And so are you starting to sort of understand why it's called Game of Thrones? Um, a little bit better, yeah, you know, because every everybody kind of wants the same thing, right? Everybody's, yeah. you know, it's it's sort of like a big chess game, you know, and that they're all just trying to, you know, jockey and get to win the the throne obviously yes on whose side and who's on with who and you know all of that stuff so yeah and what I really like about this whole story is that it's there's definitely like quote good guys and bad guys from like who you like and who you don't like Mm -hmm. but there's not really good guys and bad guys if that makes sense like there's no big bad evil person who's trying to versus like a really good person like it's not so black and white right like everybody's got their flaws everybody's got their good sides i mean you'll meet people that definitely are just like terrible and you will not want them to win but in general there's no real yeah viscerous exactly (laughs) like there's Quite a few more that are even worse than him that are coming. But, like, there's, you know, it's like there's not really anyone who's, like, 100% good or 100% bad. It's kind of just like, well, who do you think will do the best job? And that's kind of what I liked is that it's like, oh, so, like, you know, I might like this person over here, but, like, you might like that person over there. And, like, Mm -hmm. there's no real, like, everyone's sort of fighting it out. Like, there's no no real delineation between good and bad in Game of Thrones, really, besides your own sort of moral compass and what you like about what they're doing and what you don't like about they're doing. So I think that's really cool. So let's move to help a mother out. I'm going to go through everyone we met so far and then where everyone is and who's dead. And so in the first couple chapters, last episode, I kind of went through some of the people that we've met. So to recap, that was the Night's Watch, the Others, the Starks, and Theon Greyjoy are the people that we actually met. Now, adding on to that, in this segment, we met Daenerys and Viserys Targaryen. We met Magister Illyrio, who is housing and protecting Danny and Viserys. We met Khal Drogo very briefly. Uh, We just sort of like saw him. And that is who Viserys is trying to marry off Daenerys to. We met very briefly and fleetingly Sir Jorah Mormont. We also very briefly met Jamie Lannister, Cersei Lannister, and Tyrion Lannister, who are all siblings. And Sander Clegane, we like very briefly, he was like in the parade of people that came to Winterfell. Uh, so briefly got mentioned to him as well. We also got to meet Robert Baratheon, who is the king, Benjen Stark, who is Ned's brother, and Ghost the Direwolf. And then also briefly in the parade of people were Marcella, Tommen, and Joffrey Baratheon, who are Cersei and Robert's children. So we kind of met this just parade of people who came to Winterfell. But the people who we actually got to spend a little bit of time with were Daenerys, Viserys, Magister Illyrio, Tyrion, and Robert. 
were the, like the and Benjen, I guess Stark. Those were like the new people that we kind of got to spend a little bit of time with versus just passing mentions. Yeah, and I do kind of like Benjen. I forgot about mentioning about him. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. You know, like he seems like he wants to take Jon Snow. You know, kind of under his wing. And the jury's still completely out. I think he's a good guy. You know, he's Ned's brother. I know, but mm-hmm. you know, I just feel like. I feel like they're kind of cut from the same cloth, you know, so yeah. we'll see. And then the following people have just been mentioned, but we haven't actually met them. On top of the people I mentioned last time, we have now mentioned the Dothraki, Sir Willem Derry, who helped the Targaryen children escape, who is now dead, Princess Elia of Dorne, who was Rhaegar Targaryen's wife, and the princess, she is also dead, Elia and Rhaegar's baby, who is also dead. <laughs> Uh, Robert Aaron, who is John and Lysa Aaron's son, who is only six years old, but he is now Lord of the Eyrie because his dad is dead. We briefly mentioned him. Also, some historic people who we haven't met and won't meet because they're dead. Lord Rickard, who is Ned's father. Brandon Stark, who is Ned's brother. And Lyanna Stark, who is Ned's sister and Robert's love. We also briefly mentioned Balon Greyjoy, who is Theon's father. And Howlin' Reed, who was just someone who was there when Ned's sister died. And so there's been a lot of names thrown out, a lot of people mentioned. So to help a mother out, the big players right now are the Starks and the Lannisters, who are kind of like all working together at this point. You got the Targaryens, who are on the opposite side of the world, who are trying to team up with the Dothraki. You got the Night's Watch, who is like manning the wall, like way up north, and who send rangers out beyond the wall and meet the others who are like the scary monsters or whatever that are on the other side of the wall. And so right now those are kind of all of the the players and we're going to add more as it goes along. But that's kind of where we're at as far as significant players at this point. So at the end of this segment, Daenerys and Viserys Targaryen, Magister Illyrio, Khal Drogo, and the Dothraki are all in Pentos. So they're all there at that big boring party. And all of the Starks, Jon Snow, Theon Greyjoy, Robert Baratheon, Cersei Jaime, Tyrion, Lannister, Marcella, Tommen, and Joffrey Baratheon, and Sandor Clegane are all at Winterfell. So basically, like... Everyone's at Winterfell, the Night's Watch is on the wall, and the Targaryens are kind of off, and the Dothraki are kind of off in in Pentos on the other side of the world. We're still sort of concentrated into a couple of places. No one's super spread out or anything. We're kind of all still in the same spots. And finally, the total death toll for this segment was zero. In these three chapters, no one actually died outside of historical deaths, like people who are already dead that they kind of just told us about, but no extra deaths here. So... Any final thoughts, Ma? Like, what are you thinking at this point? Is it, like, a lot to kind of hear it all? Like, lists? (laughs) Just lists of names? Right? Right, yeah. So, I'm glad you're keeping track because (laughs) I'm going to need to go back to that, I'm sure. I'll make you a spreadsheet and then you can, like, go see, wait, who is this? What is their relationship to who? Yeah. Uh, So, we'll do that. Well, that's our show. Listen next time as we discuss the second Catelyn chapter, the first Arya chapter, which I'm really excited about having her point of view added in, and the second Bran chapter. You can catch us every Friday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tubbyandcoos.com. If you like our show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word. And when you're sitting around discussing Game of Thrones with your friends, just mention that there's this great new podcast that they should listen to and send them our way. You can find a recap of this week's podcast at www.tubbyandcoos.com slash podcast. 
podcast. You can also follow the bookstore on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tubby and Coos, all one word. To keep up with all of our work, hit us up and let us know what you think as you read or listen along. We'd love to hear from you, but no spoilers, please. Mom follows us and we don't want her to see anything that she shouldn't be seeing. I'm Candace Huber. And I'm the mom. And now Mom's Watch has ended.